Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Fitness Experiment podcast. Jesse and I have two special guests for you today. We have Will and Dalton joining us from the PT Coffee Cast. So Will and Dalton both attended physiotherapy school at Western University in London. They have since moved on and are now practicing on their own. They'll tell you a little bit about their individual experiences, the individual clinics that they're now working in. But while doing so, they continue to be busy entrepreneurs, like I said, podcasting. We're going to link to their podcast, link to their Instagram. That is important because before we jump in, I want to tell you guys that Will and Dalton are a part of an awesome cause right now. They're raising money for the 24 Hours of Heroes. So if you're from London and area, you've maybe heard of this event. Um, it's for an awesome cause, raising money for Fallen Heroes Canada. We're going to post a link in the show notes to their Instagram account where you can make a donation if you like. And we encourage you to do so. As a thank you to Will and Dalton, Jesse and I made a, a donation to them. Their Instagram account is the Movement PTs at the MVMT PTs. So that's the same thing, just spelling it out for you. So I think you guys are going to really dig this episode. We talked to them about their experiences with individual clients, the biggest challenges, um, how they deal with injuries. Another thing that many people do not think of when it comes to rehabilitation is what is your mindset? Are you motivated to recover or are you kind of down in the dumps, feeling sorry for yourself? This is another very interesting point that we get into. And again, they share their many experiences with this. So we think you guys are going to really love this podcast too. We're having some awesome guests on lately. We have more to come. So please continue to give us feedback um, comments, give us a review. If you can, that really helps bump up our ratings, get this out there to more people. And also just motivates Jesse and I to continue to put this content out there for you. So enjoy this episode. I know you're going to dig it. We've recorded this on a Sunday and we really thank Will and Dalton for joining us. So we're sitting here with Will and Dalton, PT Coffee cast guys, um, fellow Londoners actually, fellow London podcasters. First of all, thanks a lot for joining us guys. Taking time out of your Sunday for joining us too, we appreciate that. Um, so before we put you guys on the spot and kind of probe uh, a little bit more about your background, how you got started into all of this, tell us about your, I know you guys are big coffee drinkers. So what's your go-to? Press, um, well, blend, medium roast. Kick it off, man. <laughs> I, uh, I personally like this, like drinking espresso and then kind of like uh, diluting it with a little bit of water. No, <laughs> the old americano. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, I, I use. Uh, I think Dalton's probably the same, but I use an AeroPress to press my coffee. Nice. Um, I've, I've used that since I was in university, starting undergrad. So 
I mean, I've used other methods and stuff, and I, I do dabble. I don't discriminate, <laughs> but uh, that for me is like the way I do it. I like it. Yeah, I'm on board with that. Will introduced me to the AeroPress. So I've been AeroPressing my coffee since I met Will. Um, definitely my favorite. I'm more of a light roast guy. Dark roast, not a big fan of. Um, in terms of fast coffee, I guess I'll, I'll rock the Tim Hortons, man. Like yeah. a true Canadian boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I like I've been, uh, for fast coffee, I've been drinking McDonald's. It's not bad. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. it's all right. <laughs> I usually tell people I prefer that over the Tim Hortons is the Dons, but yeah, whatever. I'm yeah. a I'm a press guy as well. Nice, nice. Jesse's yeah. got the Starbucks rocking right now, so yeah. This is uh, this is 1018. Yeah. Oh, 1018. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. They got trouble cock awesome. at 1018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trouble cock. So funny story about that is that was actually the first coffee that we ever drank on the yeah. coffee cast. Oh wow. Yeah. That's funny. That's Running funny. it back. Running it back. <laughs> you guys sell your own now, right? We do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We sell our own. Um, the original blend. It's, uh, it's a nice cup of coffee. We got yeah. roasted here in London, actually, So, which is, which is cool. Yeah, oh, that's cool. What is that for you guys? Um, Patrick's Beans. I don't know if you guys heard of him. Nope. He has his own – he roasts his own beans as well. So we, we he roasts our beans, but we connected with Paul, who's through Workshop Cold Brew. I don't know if you guys tried his cold brew. So it, good. It's yeah. At, yeah, it's at yeah. Um, Commonwealth and stuff. He's the one that kind of put us in contact, and we've been kind of working together since then. Nice. So, That's yeah, wicked. Yeah, it's been fun. Cool. Um, so tell us – you guys – it would be interesting to hear kind of your individual backgrounds first, so both – Will Dalton, kind of how you got started um, in the PT field in general in the first place, and then how you really got into podcasting. And I mean, if if you guys check out their socials, like you guys have some big numbers, right? In a short amount of time, so yeah. it'd be cool to hear about kind of how you guys got started and then how that really started to boom and grow. Cool. Well, you want to give them your background first. Uh, you go first. Okay. Um, all right. So we'll run it back. Um, I'm from Harrow, Ontario, which is a real small town outside of Windsor. Um, did my undergrad at the University of Windsor in kinesiology. Had a, played a bunch of different sports growing up, like hockey, baseball, um, basketball. Then kind of fell in love with football, like leading into high school. Played a little bit past high school in uh, the o, the OFC, which is the Ontario Football Conference. So I played for the AKO Fratman. Um, London Beefeaters is like the local team here in yeah, London. Yeah, heard of them. Yeah. So played in that league for a little while. Hung up the cleats, retired. Um, and then uh, I ended up in London because I did my master's in physical therapy at Western. Um, so did two years there. That's where I met Will. Um, that's when we started like our like social media. So we started an Instagram page and then eventually our podcast. Um, what kind of led me into like the road of physio? I mean, I think at first it was always like when you go into kin, like most people are like, oh, I'm just going to do physio because you don't really know what else yeah. to do. Um, and like I played sports. So I was like, oh, I want to like, I was hurt. Like I've had physios before. So I kind of want to do that. And then it slowly started to like grow into like a bigger opportunity to kind of pursue the things that like I love, which was like educating, training and working out and then helping people like get back to doing what they love, whether it be like an athlete or whether it be like just someone on the street that likes training or, you know, the recreational person, like all in between. Um, and then that's kind of what continued to push me down this path. So and nice. here we are. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went to 
Brock University in St. Catharines for four years, took Ken. Um, there I played, I played baseball growing up, so I played uh, varsity baseball for four years there. Uh, then went to Western for PT with Dalton. Uh, obviously the same, the same story there, right? Uh, why I got into PT probably, yeah, it, it's interesting. Like, I think it's, I always joke, it's one of those things where like, you kind of end up there. It's not something I necessarily thought about doing from when I was young or anything like that, but I knew I liked being active. Uh, I knew I liked, you know, playing sports and training. Uh, and I knew that I enjoyed coaching people and, you know, being a leader and that kind of thing. And so it all kind of blended together and physio, like Dalton said, is kind of the logical next step. And then I kind of realized once I got to university that it actually blended a lot of uh, my interests together and you can kind of make it what you want. Uh, so that's sort of the story there. Yeah, cool. That's actually a question that I had when I was thinking uh, when we found out that we were going to have you guys on is that a lot of times, I don't know why this happens, but sometimes if I'm talking to, I know, athletes in our gym or something like that, and uh, like, oh, I have something going on with, I don't know, X, name it, like a shoulder or something. I was like, well, have you seen a physio yet? And they're like, well, I don't really know where to start. Like, how do I pick? Because I don't think all PTs are created equal, just like everything else. There's really good and uh, that really care about it and some other otherwise, potentially, I don't know. Um, but do you guys have any like recommendations for the listeners as to how to go about choosing a PT? Yeah. I mean, that's a, like, I'll, I'll go first. Well, and then you can kind of add on if you want, but I think that's a good question. And I think that's a challenging thing that we deal with in today. Cause like you were saying, like anything, I mean, whether you're in the strength world, whether you're in chiropractic world, whether you're in massage, whatever it is, there's going to be good people. There's going to be bad people. There's going to be people that take different approaches. Um, I think the most important thing is, is like, no, like what you want and what your goals are and then go out and you know meet go out and do some like uh like research like go maybe go talk to someone go to a clinic and ask hey can i talk to the physio or is there a consult where i could do like a free 15 minute consult with you like to figure it out and see if they align with your goals like if they if they have a background let's say it's someone from here like they have a background in training they understand like you know, some of the CrossFit movements like that you guys do here, or just functional movements in general, they understand loading, they understand all this kind of stuff, then yeah, maybe that person's like the right person for you. But if you walk in and they have no idea what a push press is or what a back squat like looks like, yeah. like mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't go there for, for that for that reason. Um, another thing would be is if if you go to any healthcare professional and they just are taking things away from you, like don't do this anymore, don't do this anymore, don't do this anymore, I would get away from that right away you know that would yeah. be my yeah. my thought sweet yeah like like dalton said you know uh honestly getting like having a good relationship with your therapist and having somebody that resonates with you is the most important thing you know like and it's okay to shop a couple different places to try to find that like if you go to one place and uh, most people offer consults you know like where you can just go and talk to them and kind of meet them. Uh, and it's not like a formal assessment and it's free. So you can go and just see who, you know, is going to most match like 
your style and, and, and that sort of thing. That's kind of what I would do. There are some platforms, like uh, there's one platform that me and Dalton are a little bit involved with called Clinical Athlete. And it's like yeah. a network of providers who, uh, if you're part of the program, like by nature, you are keeping up to date with like uh, performance related physio research uh, and training research and stuff like that. So if you're in like the CrossFit community or, or just like a fitness community, then you can look for those providers and see if there are any in your area. Um, I don't know if, if there are tons of them around London. But, I don't think there is any uh, in London. There, that's yeah. one kind of avenue that's hopefully going to grow and stuff and, uh, and kind of help people with finding the right physio. Right. Yeah, another, sorry, another thing, I, and I just want to say, because I heard you guys talk about it on one of your podcasts before, and I thought it was great, is like, not everyone's going to be the right match, right? Like, you guys talked yeah. about it with training. I think it was you, Jesse, that was talking about, like, sometimes I do a screening where I'll have people come in, and, like, if they're not appropriate or they're not, like, a good match for me as a, a provider, like, yeah. you're, you know, you're like, yeah. I'm going to pass, I'm going to pass on it. Maybe you're not ready at this moment in time, right? It's the same thing with, like, physio in the sense, like, if you're going out – to find someone if they're not a right match for you like don't hang around right like don't stick around and just be like well maybe this will get better like take take your your health somewhere else like you're you're in control of that and that's one thing that i hope we get across to people on our podcast and, I, and you know just in general is like take control of it if it's not working out cut your losses and just go and find someone don't give up on like physio because you had one bad experience right yeah cool that's awesome so you guys both kind of already hit on this in your explanation there. Um, just the idea of like, you've mentioned strength training in particular, but also CrossFit specifically. And I think that that brings up a good point. And we've talked about this on some of our podcasts before as well, is this idea that you go to another practitioner, whether it be, you know, whether it be your family physician or whoever you have an injury again, could be anything, could be shoulder, could be rest. Usually their recommendation we know is ultimately just rest more often than not. And I know Jesse, you've mentioned this like specifically before is when you had your elbow injury, you were told by someone to something like don't lift any more than five pounds, kind of just like very general blanket statement like that. So I guess my question to you guys is like, how often do you, like, this is probably a massive challenge I imagine for you guys is you get these people who come in, they've had these other recommendations from someone who's kind of like telling them the exact opposite to what you will tell them. And I'm just kind of wondering, like, how, how do you get that message across to them, I guess? And how do you kind of gain their trust right from the onset to deal with something like that? Oh man, that's uh, you're definitely right about yeah. that. I think that's one of the hardest things to deal with, and it, I think it kind of does come back. You mentioned trust, right, right from the get go, and like from a physio standpoint, I think healthcare in general, like trust, is something that's super important, and is usually not established on the first day that you meet somebody. You know, so from our perspective, like we can't step on the toes of other professionals even if we disagree with what they're saying especially because that's likely to turn somebody away from seeing us so like our first priority is to like keep people because we're hoping we can 
you know, show them that they can uh, continue forward without completely resting, right? So trying to just, I think my personal approach is like I usually try to show them through experience uh, rather than just telling them everything. Like, uh, you know, and a lot of that can be just through like your assessment techniques, like, oh, check it out. Like you can actually handle more force than five pounds uh, and that sort of thing. Right. So it's like implicit learning rather than like me just telling them I disagree with what another professional said. It's kind of my thoughts on that. What do you think, Dalton? Yeah, I would agree. I think that's the number one battle we face like yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. Cause like, to be honest, most people, let's say it's, they, they access like a doctor for first first care like primary yeah. access even though physio is primary access like you can walk off the street and see a physio without getting a doctor referral like most people will go see their doctor first yeah. and oftentimes doctors you know just given the healthcare system like it's fast it's quick five minutes yes. like they look at you they move you a couple ways oh, oh that's like a rotator cuff tendinopathy or tendinitis yeah. or elbow tennis elbow right just throw terms out there which you know it is what it is and then it comes to us and like we have to try to navigate that I would say Will did a really good job of explaining it. And I think what I try to do is just like meet that person where they're at at that moment. And like, you know, maybe on the first day, I'm not going to be like, no, you can lift way more than five pounds. We might just, let's just feel it out. Right. Like I'll do an assessment, see where they're at, where's their head at with things. If they're like dead set on the fact that they can't lift five pounds, then I'm probably not going to push that right away and right. like lose them and find some way over the course of like, care like how can we can we prove to this person like hey you can lift more than five pounds right because like most likely throughout their day that person is putting more force through their their arm doing something that's going to be way more than five pounds but you know people don't think about that right, right. You, you go to a, a healthcare professional and they immediately say don't lift more than five pounds well then you're like well i probably shouldn't lift more than five pounds right so mm -hmm. it's kind of like meet them where they're at feel it out and then go from there. I mean, sometimes you can meet someone on the first day and completely they'll be down to be like, yeah, I don't believe that. It's like trying to figure out what they think. I would right. be like, well, what do you think? Like, do you think you can lift more than five pounds? Yeah. Most people will be like, well, logically, yeah, probably. Right. Well, okay. Let's, let's talk about how we can get there. Right. Like how we can do things to get you back right. to what you want to do. Cool. Yeah. That's something that I noticed in your podcast. It was like early, I think right away. Um, you guys started talking about the like the human factor or like the human effect. Like you aren't dealing with just like a, the pathology mm -hmm. or the yeah. specific injury. Like you're dealing with human beings. So I was, I was kind of curious about what your personal approach is of like overcoming some sort of communication barrier or because um, I know for me, um, even when I went to physio, I was, even though I wasn't trying to be, I was a little bit standoffish. Mm. I was like, I was like almost comfort, not being confrontational, but I was like, I was waiting for them to say something maybe that I didn't want to. And this, mm. this is like from a long time ago, I think it was like seven or eight years ago is the experience that I'm talking about. So thankfully I'm not the same person that I was <laughs> seven or eight years ago, but I was going into it. And I was like such like a bullhead. I was like, Oh, what? I don't, I'm just going to go right back. I'm going back to my sport. Like there's no way I'm going to sit out. So I was just waiting for them to tell me, oh, you need to rest. And then so I could like just, come back. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And that was my shortcoming. But how do you deal with like bullheaded me from seven or eight years ago? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's a good you know question. I mean, the, the hardest part, like you're saying, you are dealing with the human. Like, I don't know, my approach with that would be like coming into it. And that's why I think the initial assessment and just the meeting, a conversation between us two is like such an important thing. Cause I could feel that out. Like 
if we were talking and I could be like, Hey, you know, Hey, like Jesse, what do you like to do? Well, I like to train. I'm a, like a, like I like to do CrossFit. Like I'm a, like a higher level athlete. Like, okay, now these things are popping in my head. And then you're like, and I could feel those vibes, right? Like I probably would feel those things out, see where you're at and then take that information and then react my way. Like, so if I could feel those vibes, I probably wouldn't be like, don't train. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I wouldn't take that away from you right away. Like we would kind of work through it and see like, you know, what can we come to on like an agreement together, right? Like what's going to be a common ground. Um, and then, you know, if we can't figure it out on that day, like maybe we can try over time. Like it's a balance. And then again, we talked about it. Maybe it's not the right time even for you to have physio right now. Like, are you ready to go through that process? You know? Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. like, if you're not ready to go through that process, cause you, you don't really, you know, you're bullheaded and you don't want to do it. Well then maybe it's not the right time for you. Like maybe continue to do what you're doing. And if it gets worse, then maybe you'll, you'll realize, okay, maybe I need to like be open to like what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, totally. I think Dalton hit a lot of, like, really good points, you know? Like, you can't – you definitely, like, you're, you're mentioning that human piece, and, like, that's something that we're both really interested in is, like, dealing with different types of people, you know? Uh, and when someone's coming at you, like, really intense and maybe they're looking for a specific answer, I don't even know if I would specifically address it at that point. I'd probably try to, like – spin the conversation in a completely different direction and probably in a way that's like i'm taking an interest in your sport yeah and like what it is you do like i can't remember what it was that you said that you were doing at that point uh which sport was it uh at that time i was it was in crossfit yeah really really early i was uh very fresh and new to crossfit and not good at all, cool. but thought I was. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's where I would go in the conversation, yeah. you know? Like, I just start asking you about CrossFit. Uh, I've done CrossFit, so I would talk a little bit about it. Try to just relate to you and so that you know that I care about what you're doing. And, like, I care about getting you back to doing that consistently, you know, at the level you want to be doing it at. And so there you're establishing trust, and now it's, like, you, you know that my goal is the same as yours. Right, right. Yeah. Before I might say, hey, maybe we need to just back off a little bit, but you don't need to stop completely, you know? And here's how we're going to get you to full function. Right. You know, so it's rather than just shutting you down, it's like we're, we're making sure that we both know what we're after. Cool. Right. Yeah then the goal for both sides is the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. I like that a lot. Yeah. And then sometimes it doesn't work. Like sometimes you just <laughs> like anything. Right? Sometimes yeah. you fail. Like sometimes you, you struggle and you don't yeah. connect with someone or, you know, they leave with a bad experience. Like that happens more often than not. And like, totally, it's like for us, it's just a learning experience. Like I'll try to ref- like you early. I mean, I've only been out a year of like physio practice, right? So I'm still like a baby in the, in the profession, but like what I'll try to do if like I lose someone is like, take a reflection on it like what could have went better on my part you know like instead of just immediately being like well that person wasn't committed or they didn't have buy-in it's like maybe right but like what did I do that I could maybe have done better to like relate or communicate or show the full plan of care or you know make sure that they felt like what they were getting out of the sessions were valuable you know so there's there's always times where you can learn and be better right I'm happy you guys brought up the uh the human factor thing because I think I've I've had a really interesting experience with that personally in the past 
several months, I would say. So like some of our listeners will be kind of familiar with this, so I won't kind of beat a, a dead horse or however the saying goes, but so I've been working with the PT for the last several months online. He'll write my workouts as well. So I started this because I had a pretty bad back injury, like, I don't know, five, six months ago. And it was, it was kind of trending in the right direction, but it was something that I had, I've had issues with it before in the past. And I was like, you know what, like I need to stop kind of messing around with this. Um, let's, let's kind of just dig deep on this and really figure this out. So point being here is that like early on, so there'd be times when, you know, whatever, maybe he writes a workout for me and towards the end of that workout, uh, the back starts to like tighten up a little bit. Um, maybe some of the pain comes back and like initial, uh, initially kind of previous me that happens before I was working with someone like that in my head, it would be something like, Oh no, here we go again. Like the injury's coming back, you know, it's getting worse. I don't think that exercise I just went through to finish my workout was the right thing. And then it's like this crazy snowball effect where it's just like, I mean, call it what you want, but it's what it is, is like, you don't have confidence in the movements that you're doing. And I can't even explain to you like how massive it's been for me, not only from, I mean, psychological, psychological perspective, but rehabilitative perspective, everything, like how massive it's been to basically like have the confidence when you tell that individual, tell that physiotherapist, you know, this is what happened at the end of the session. And then they go, well, actually like, that's not a big deal. I was kind of like testing you. If that comes up, it's not a big deal. Like it's okay to feel pain every once in a while, you know, and then that, and I think that's the feedback you guys are talking about. And like I said, I can't even tell you like how massive I personally have found that to be is having confidence in the movements. And then you can just kind of commit to those a hundred percent. And so I'm assuming that's kind of what you guys are hitting at there is. And I think that's something that maybe an outsider who's never necessarily experienced a lot of PT probably doesn't appreciate that side of things. And I know I hadn't really before either, but that's, yeah, I mean, I can fully attest to that now. Yeah, sure. yeah. Shout out to your physio. I th- I think I know. Is it Doc Mills? Like, it is. Like, yeah. Guy's a beauty. It was so um, random. I just kind of shot him a message yeah, one day. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, what you said right there is like so important, right? Like yeah. here's a movement that like obviously is important to you. Like you enjoy cro- CrossFit training, whatever it may be. It's been bothering you for a long time. You know, you're having trouble doing it. You have pain. Like our immediate thought is like, well, I'm, I'm doing way more harm to myself. Yeah. Like it's going downhill. But just having that reinforcing, like reinforcement that, like, no, this is normal. Like, you're you're okay. You're yeah. not going to do any more harm to yourself. Like, maybe you're having a response, but that's a normal response. Um, it it sends you away from going down that like catastrophizing like side of things, which is like kind of what you're talking about. And the funny thing is, like, what we know about some pain research is like that those things make it even more pain, your pain even more like yeah right like avoidance fear catastrophize like all those things influence your pain and discomfort which can then even make things worse right so it's like it's it's a it's cool that you experience that because i think it's important for people to go through it because they don't they don't really realize you don't don't think until you go through it um and like you're saying like you know people who haven't maybe experienced physio might have not had that before the thing that me and will are trying to get across is like we need more physios to take on that mindset because unfortunately, sometimes you'll go into, you know, like, like other physio like clinics and some people that don't really think about that in that way. And they, they could like go complete opposite on you and be like, 
no, you shouldn't be deadlifting. It's bad for your back. It's bad for this. And like, think about what that would then do to you. Right. So like, that's why I think that's amazing. And like, shout out to Doc Mills. PT. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you guys find like, if you were to give the, or go the route of like taking things away from people, you're, you're kind of steer people more towards that, um, like fear pattern. And then that would kind of cause them to snowball into a pattern of more pain or. Yeah. Like I would say, like when I say taking away, it's like, there's times maybe where it would be like, okay, you probably shouldn't, maybe we should back off deadlifting for now. You know what I mean? Like, can we load you in a different way? Like, can we still, can we still train and load? And like, maybe you're not doing a barbell deadlift. Maybe you're doing a trap bar deadlift, or maybe you're, maybe you're doing a kettlebell. Like maybe you scale way back and maybe we take a break from deadlifting altogether. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I would say taking away instead of just immediately being like, no, you should not be deadlifting. It's bad for your back. You shouldn't be doing it anymore. And like, I've heard it before when, even before I started physio, you know what I mean? And like, I'm sure, I don't know how much experience you guys have had, but like that happens way more than we'd like it to happen. Right. And then people are like, well, deadlifting's bad for my back. Now they're scared. Now they don't want to do it. So they stop doing it, which means now they're not training anymore. And then they'll be like, well, maybe I'll go back and try to do it. Like in a couple months, you go back and try to do it. And that's, then it still hurts and it's harder because you haven't been doing it for, you know what I mean? Then it gets in that vicious cycle of, of like fear of the movement, you know? Yeah, totally. I mean, like, that's why we're, like, trying to be as aware as possible as, like, how our language and our words can influence, like, somebody's actual behavior and actual, like, um, psychological and physiological responses to, like, you know, what we're saying, right? Like, it can make a bigger impact than you think. Um, And unfortunately, like, the reality is, is that, like, negative influences tend to be more impactful than like positive influences mm-hmm. so it's like you're always trying to err on the side of positively spinning things even if you are like maybe taking a little bit away you're trying not to frame it that way it's challenging but like i think that would be like the goal for us you know is to keep people thinking positively about their bodies and about their prospects for the future and their ability to like overcome their experience that they're having. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Cause I mean, there's two different ends of that spectrum as well. There's like my, myself seven, eight years ago, the bullheaded person who's going to just kind of continue to try to do the things that are causing them pain because they're just not being intelligent. And then on the opposite side, um, I find that there's some people that if you say, let's just take a little bit of a break from this and that, then that's kind of what they wanted. So then they just continue uh, to become more sedentary and less active and kind of like go in a little bit of a protective shell, just, you know, like a germaphobe almost like Mm -hmm. they're afraid to hurt themselves. So it's cool. And I really, really dig how you guys put such a big emphasis on that very first interaction and just like, feeling it out as to who this person sitting across from you is so that you can make sure you're not hitting those pain points for them and then causing them to, you know, withdraw from your care. Cause if, right. you know, like allowing them to actually work with you and yeah. you discover together how that person is going to get from where they're at now to where they want to be again. So that, that's a yeah. really awesome. I like that a lot. 
Yeah, totally. It's interesting. You kind of like, without even maybe uh, knowing it, you kind of touched on like a couple like key uh, types of people like that me and Dalton would try to kind of like identify is like, are you typically like an avoidance coper or like, are you typically like a persistence coper? Mm. Like, are you someone who tends to push through uh, maybe a little too much or are you somebody who tends to, you know, avoid uh, having any sort of discomfort, right? So it's interesting that you kind of pointed that out, but that's a big thing about just sort of identifying like, maybe what the, what the barriers are, uh, for those types of people. Yeah. Cool. So we were talking earlier about kind of that connection from other practitioners and then feeding into you guys. So just made me think like, again, we've talked a little bit about this before, but we definitely don't have that firsthand experience like you guys have. So I'm curious, do you like what are some major because we know there's some obvious problems with the healthcare system, right? Just the way they're I was gonna say how they're connected, but more so it's how they are not connected whatsoever. Like it's the lack of connection and communication from what it looks like, anyways. So I'm curious, like, do you foresee any changes to that? Do you think there should be any major changes to that? Yeah. I I, uh, I got uh cut off for a bit i'm just going to clarify the question i think I, were you asking about like connecting between other healthcare providers? yeah essentially it just seems okay. like there it's really lacking like the communication the the sharing of the information the working together yeah, yeah. i mean go ahead will go ahead well i think it's hard because like there's a lot of like legal aspects to it too like you have to you know, there's protection of information and stuff like that, like confidentiality and stuff, which makes it difficult to just like be really open and transparent. Although like usually you're in like a circle of care, like at that point, but it's just difficult to like have a seamless trans like transmission of information because there's so many like different schedules and like uh, a lot of like doctors are so busy. It's not like I can like, hop on a call and talk to them about a client, you know what I mean? Um, but I think, I think where it can get better is it has to come from like the local level, you know, it has to come from like people starting like, um, clinics and practices and, and engaging with other, uh, you know, like healthcare practices and, and getting to know them on a personal level. And so you have a community that's aware of like, maybe the strengths and weaknesses among those different like uh, businesses and stuff. Uh, I think it has to really come from the, the ground up, you know, uh, with people who are really actually invested in like collaborating with other teams and stuff like that. And probably with like fitness uh, groups as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think there's obviously some barriers with like just the insurance model, right? Like most people access physiotherapy through their insurance. Um, insurance, you know, like I said before, physio is primary access, so you can go get it, but a lot of insurance companies require a doctor's note. So some people have to go to a doctor's note, which right. means sometimes they'll get that crappy interaction at times where they get a crappy label. Um, and then insurance model doesn't offer a lot of like insurance. Sometimes people don't have a lot of insurance money. So like, I think that in of itself is a, a big problem, but I mean, I don't know how to solve that. 
I personally think it's probably going to change at some point soon. Um, and we're going to see a different way of how we consume healthcare. Um, I think more people are leaning towards actually seeing the benefits of health. And I think like, you know, companies and, and, and different, like, like, uh, like I said, companies are, are seeing this and maybe they'll give more money towards health that can then go off to be used for physiotherapy, fitness, right. et cetera. Um, but like with what Will said, I think it starts from the ground up with, with these conversations, right? Like, you know, can we get together as a community and, and establish like relationships where we're on the same page? So you guys, you know, you're the, you're, you're the more in tune with strength and conditioning and programming and, and loading principles as probably majority of like physios are unless they're learning on their own. Cause like we don't learn that in school. Right. So you guys could be collaborating together, like whether it's like teaching, teaching seminars or whether it's like, you know, I see someone in the clinic with like a hip, issue that I'm like, okay, you're, you're good. We can't load you anymore here with most of like the equipment that we have, like, cause physio clinics, unfortunately don't have access like a squat rack and stuff. Our clinic does, but it's changing. Right. But if it doesn't, it's like, why I'll send them to Jesse and let Jesse make a program for him. Right. And then vice versa. Like you have someone that you're working with where, you know, you're trying to manage load or figure things out, but you can't, you can't really, you know, get a grasp on it, then you refer out to like right. a physiotherapist that you know is going to be activity focused, focus on getting them back to the gym as soon as they can, etc. And then that way you have a good reciprocal relationship. And that's where the most, I think the most success can happen because now that person is feels like safe that like we know each other, we know expectations of each other. They know coming to me that they can trust that I'm going to try to get them back to the gym as soon as they can. I know sending them to you guys that like you're going to treat them appropriately narratives will be on point like those kind of things like i think that's where the biggest power can can start to have impact on people yeah cool speaking from like the experience of um like a coach on the floor especially in a group class setting there'll be people maybe they're seeing a physiotherapist and um it's like the telephone game right like since i don't have connection with you guys directly like with the pt themselves that they the person comes into the class they're like oh yeah i saw my pt and they said like uh, I can't really do this, but I can kind of do that. And like, I'm not supposed to deadlift, but I don't remember why. And I'm like, ah, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's try and see like, uh, where's your pain? Like I start asking questions and try to like jar, jar their memory a little bit, but, uh, it's definitely a lot easier. Um, when I have the connection, like some people that I work with online work with, uh, Dr. CJ De Palma from Florida. He's with Wad Prep, okay. one of their coaches. Yeah. So when I have that connection, it's like it's so easy because I can talk to them, and then I'm like, okay, CJ, this is what they said, and it doesn't make any sense to me. So can you make this like make sense to me right. so that I understand? And then that's a lot easier. Um, but that's not always the case. Do you guys yeah. like have advice for coaches on the floor to be like, if somebody comes in with a description like I just had, yeah, like what what do they do? Yeah, it's, that's tough. I mean, I, I can speak a little bit firsthand because I also like coach too, right? And yeah. like, that's like the word, the most like frustrating thing is when someone will come up to you and like, that'll be what will go down. And you're just like, oh man, what am I supposed to say in five seconds when I got 10 other people that are here trying to train, right? So it's like, I think the best advice I would give is like, again, being like, on, like having a physiotherapist that you have a good relationship with, like you're saying with the guy online and like that you send your people to and that they 
come to you with, right? And like just trying the best to like have that relationship. So then you know that most likely that person will come to you and they, they won't be, they'll get a description of like, hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and you'll understand it instead right. of it being just like, well, don't like move your arm a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. The hardest part is like, if you don't have that connection, like you're saying, it's like you kind of just do your best to navigate it, right? Like I would say, you know, like everything, it's like see what gives them trouble and try to modify it based off what gives them trouble, right? Like if pressing directly overhead is something that they have like a problem with, maybe we scale to a landmine press, maybe we scale to like a floor press. Like, well, how can we load them in a different way and still have them participate in class um, without over aggravating, right? Like that's probably the best thing you could do. It's tough, that's a tough challenge. Yeah, because you don't want to do any more harm. That's the biggest thing. It's like, you still want them. And then the narrative is also the difficult part as well, because I don't want to say something dumb and make them lose confidence in me. And then you definitely don't want to step on any toes because I have no idea what the context of the conversation was with your PT. So it's like, it's almost, and then you don't want to completely avoid something because then the avoidance thing comes into the picture. So yeah, just, I guess, do what they can where they are, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. that, That would be my best advice. And then again, like, just I think this is even more of a reason to have like the collaboration of like physiotherapists and strength coaches in the same setting. Like that's what it comes down to. You know yeah, what I mean? Like it, and and I think I think we're getting there. Like it's big in the more popular in the states where you have like physios in a box, right? Yeah, or in a strength and conditioning yeah. gym. Um, I think it's getting more popular over here, but I, I think we just need to do a better job of it right like if you have a physiotherapist that's in the box and knows the programming and knows what's going on and knows how you guys word things and what your programming looks like it's so much easier for me as a physio to be like okay today's wad is this all right here's what you're doing okay here's your program you can go to class but here's what you're going to focus on focus on these things like that way one they're still getting like rehab and training two they're still participating in the community environment which i think is super powerful for like rehab in general right and like those those things are are huge huge yeah yeah i think uh dalton pretty much addressed everything one thing like because i don't actually coach right now so uh, like it's hard I feel like that would be a hard position to be in um, you could like I know as a physio it's awesome when like and this is me because I, I don't mind this but like uh, most physios would be all right if you like actually sent some questions you know like oh, yeah. if you like wrote a couple questions like hey this is what we do I'm wondering what would be a what's the plan with so and so and like uh, what maybe are some variations that like we could incorporate uh, because then they, they actually, you're kind of getting the link together there, you know? Yeah. And as long as they're cool with it, they'll just be like, Oh yeah. Like uh, this is kind of the plan. Uh, this is what I would recommend in general. Cause like they're going to assume, you know, some stuff like if they're like, Oh, like focus on more hip dominant exercises or like uh, slow down the tempo a little bit more or something like that. Uh, then, then that would probably help at least give you some more confidence and guidance. Like, uh, it's just a matter of like, do you have the time to yeah. actually do that? You know, when your day is super busy. Yeah. Uh, oh, I like that. I'm going to start doing that. There. Yeah. <laughs> Solution to the problem right yeah, there. I like that. Yeah. Cause that, to me, that, that solves uh, the whole problem for me, like in that moment and in that specific class and until they can see their PT, um, I'll have to do 
what you said, mm-hmm. Dalton, but um, having the direct response from the, I mean, there's that's the answer for me. So, yeah, yeah problem solved. Thanks, man. Totally. And I have people do that, like, actually bring me their, like, program and yeah. be like, oh, these are, like, the three exercises I'm um, having trouble with. Then, like, you don't have the time in your classes to, like, take them through different, like, variations and find out exactly where their low tolerance is and stuff like that. So like a physio can do that mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, this is what I found. Like, uh, you know, try doing like a assisted goblet squat instead of like, uh, a full goblet squat, something like that, you know, right. then you know, right away. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that is, that's, that model you talked about that seems to be a little bit more popular in the States where you have your box and then everyone's kind of all there in one location. It does. I agree. That would be the perfect, the perfect world if we could have more of those pop up, I think, because they do seem to be, it's just so fluid. Like you said, like the way you explained, you know, this is today's wad. This is how you kind of scale that, do this variation. Yeah. So, especially in this environment, right? Like this in like what you guys do, right? Like I think it's so important. And then like, I think even if outside of this, like just physiotherapists in general, I think we need to just start learning more about the basics of strength training and and just the movements and exercise and how we implement them and all that kind of stuff for people that are just, you know, going through daily workouts. Like even if they're just working out on their own, right. Instead of like, as much as like, I mean, everyone kind of knows the classic like external rotation banded drill, right? Which is like good in context, yeah. but there's way more that we should be doing for people if they need to get back to snatching 225 pounds over their head. Right. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I had a question about just pain in general because I feel like every individual is a little bit different and what they feel like, uh, like a pain response for a specific movement or something completely varies right there's people that they they, you could run over their foot with a with a truck and they're going to be like well i'm okay it just kind of hurts to walk a little bit and then there's people that you know maybe they stub their toe and then they're not wanting to do anything for four weeks because they get a little bit of a sensation in their toe when they're walking so how do you help um like patients or clients that come in and see you guys how do you help them understand and like define the pain that they're in that's probably the hardest part of our job, I think. Yeah. You know, because there's so many misconceptions about pain. Mm-hmm. And, like, by its nature, it's an experience, you know, it's individual. Um, and it doesn't mean the same thing for every person, you know. So, probably, like, like, and this is, like, I can't stress this enough. Like, this is not something that's ever perfect, you know. But I think at the like fundamental level, like what, you know, physios who try to understand pain are going to try to do with someone is like understand what their meaning is mm-hmm. for their pain and then take them from there. Right. You're trying to help them understand it in a way in context that, that helps explain their situation and that helps uh, them move forward. You know, and that's, that sounds a lot easier than it is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds simple, but I'm sure it's not that easy. Yeah. And it's challenging because like Will said, it is an experience and it, and 
each person's experience with pain and injury is so vastly different than another person. And like you're saying, like meaning, like there's so many factors that play into it, like meaning of like, let's just say you're, you know, you're working out, like if you're, if we're taking away like something that means a lot to you, then that might be more painful, like for a certain movement than someone else who that it's not meaningful to them to like work out. Right. So it's like, it's, it's so there's, there's a lot of like different factors I think that influence it, that we're starting to realize that's not just one-to-one correlation of like tissue damage and pain. Like we're, yeah, we're, be, right. we're beyond, like we've, we've started to realize that like, that, you know, just cause you have pain doesn't mean that you have tissue damage. Right. And there's people that have tissue damage that have no pain. So it's like, all right, well, okay. What well, now what, right. Like what's influencing that? Well, you know, does it, is it meaningful to you? Are, are you super stressed? Are, are like, are you fearful of a movement now? Are, you know, is that like, there's so many other things. Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping well? Like those yeah. all influence your pain experience. So it's so much more than just like, one simple answer which makes it hard like on our end right yeah. to like explain it because like there's so much uncertainty in it and and even like one thing that we've struggled with i struggle with is like trying to communicate that to people because it's right. hard like it's not easy and like it's something i'm learning every day is like okay how can i best help this person understand why they're experiencing this pain and how we can kind of navigate around it it's, it's tough man. it's kind of crazy how like I mean, really, like the whole healthcare system is kind of developed around the idea of like pain. Right. But then, if you, I haven't, I haven't dug into the like the actual neurophysiological mechanisms of pain in a long time. I used to dabble a little bit when I was still in grad school, but I just remember, and this is why I haven't looked in so long, is because it's just so like, like you guys said, it's it's just not well understood at all. It's so individualistic. It's mm. You have like your gait. Yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like uh, pharmacological agents can affect it. Like they can desensitize these pathways and on and on and on. And it's, it's so confusing to me. Yeah, it's challenging. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is you can never know for certainty what's causing your pain, you know, because there's so many influencers, right? right? And like, that's where like when we're trying to help someone with a model, uh, it is a model right? It's not like a fact. You're just trying to figure out something that helps that individual person like move in a positive, like in a good direction, right? Because, you know, like we can sit here and explain your pain this way, but that might not make sense to you, right? So even if it were right, it's like, it's not really that beneficial. So yeah, pain's like insanely complicated, right? And and so that's where like you just have to be wary of people who are who are claiming that it's not, you yeah, know, and yeah. people who are claiming that it's like your one technical like thing in your uh, in your squat is like the sole reason for your pain, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like if that's the case, you know, it's maybe be a little skeptical. We'll look at CBD right now, right? Like that's the probably the most popular supplement, if you can call it a supplement, on the market right now. And it's because it just seems to be so effective for blocking the the pain, right? That everyone wants to get rid of. Yeah. And why? Oh, yeah. Why does that? Ha- why does it happen? Right. Like yeah. You might know a little bit. It's like there's so many things that can influence it, and like the research is like 
you know, still coming out. Like we don't, you know, it's, it's hard. It's hard to tell, but it is, I mean, it's helping people. So yeah, like, yeah. which is good. I think with pain, it's like, it always, your narratives always have to be on point and it can't, you can't just be like, well, okay, I'm going to give you this one manip or I'm going to give you this one ultrasound or I'm going to give you this one thing and that's going to take your pain away. Like yeah. we know that like this is influencing it in some way, but it might not be the way we once thought it was influencing it. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I think a lot of people just associate pain with injury and then um, absence of pain, meaning that they're completely healthy. It's just, it's not that black and white. It's so fluid and, yeah and pain isn't yeah. pain is normal like pain is a pain is a normal thing yeah. in life like it's probably telling you that you need to maybe just evaluate how what you're doing how you're doing in it yeah. like you know what i'm saying like most of the times and, and i'm sure you guys see this in crossfit all the time and like in anything with high intensity training is like it's usually a load management problem like most of the time yeah. right yeah. it's like you're going way too hard too often you're not recovering your body is like Yo, you need to chill, but you don't chill. And then your body's going to respond by giving you pain, tightening up, yeah. having some pull or strain of a, of a muscle. And then, then you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stop now. Right. And then you respond to it. It's usually like, not always, I don't want to like label it, but like oftentimes in this setting is like a big thing that, that you'll see. Right. And like, I've been there before, you know, you're like, well, I just want to go train. So like, I'm just yeah. going to keep going. Right. So. And outside stressors influence that as well. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like that also counts towards like your overall load management. Right. Uh, yeah. Like you're sleeping, your uh, accumulate fatigue, financial stress, like even people telling you like, uh, oh, you should stop training. Like, <laughs> all that stuff like counts, you know, but it's cool. Like you once again, like you identify probably one of the biggest things. Like if we can, all start to get a little more on that same wavelength of like uh, tissue damage. Like so I injured something versus like something's is sore or something's painful versus like it's damaged. Like that distinction is probably like uh, like fundamentally one of the biggest points that can change somebody's. Like you mentioned earlier, how much this influenced your the way you approach your training, right? Uh, and I think it comes like, that's like one of the biggest things. It's just like tissue damage doesn't necessarily equal pain, uh, and, and vice versa. So like, even just that is so huge, I think. And that's one thing we definitely do know. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of like a specific question. I just thought of when you said tissue damage doesn't always equal pain, but is there, um, tissue in certain areas of the body that take longer to recover than others. Like for example, like if I, if you have a back injury, say six months ago, you, you guys are probably, you know, of a timeline say where you would expect that tissue to heal by. And thus, if they're still like avoiding things and being in pain several, many, many, many months down the road, when you know, we'll know that tissue is healed by now. Like, do you ever use that kind of, um, like, does it, does it vary based on body part, I guess, is what I'm saying? Um, I mean, it can, right? It can vary based on body part, but again, like, it's totally individual, right? And it depends on a lot of factors, like how 
how bad the tissue damage actually was if there was any. Like, you know, certainly it takes longer for something to heal. That's something that's more injured, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is, you know, again, like attaching the meaning to the body part. Like, we tend to see it being more difficult with people who actually are more, like, have a more skilled uh, or, or more meaning to that specific location. Like, for example, like a, a piano, piano player is going to attach a lot of meaning and importance to their hand. And there's going to be a lot of, like, uh, sensory representation in their brain towards that area. Right. So you could see maybe that would factor into like them if they had a hand injury. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I wouldn't expect yeah. that to be the easiest situation for them. Right. Yeah. With the back, it's like, what's the difference? What's the difference between like the back and another uh, body part? The, the difference is usually you can't see the injury. You know, it's like, what is it? You know, why, why am I having back pain? Right. Versus like, bruising your finger or something you can see it you know like you understand it better i think that's like where often uh, back pain is one of those really tricky ones uh, because you don't know what it is and there's a big societal like stigma around it too right definitely like, if yeah. you ever have anything going on with your back it's game over right yeah. meanwhile like we know that majority of people that actually get back pain and have it addressed will get better. And the majority of time when it's actually like very sinister is like 1% of the time. Right. Yeah. So it's like, there's just a big like stigma around it. Right. Which makes it even worse, especially in this, in the community of exercising and condi strength conditioning right. yeah. and yeah. CrossFit yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Cause how many people's grandmas are like, Oh, be careful. Don't oh, hurt man. your back. Oh, <laughs> right? for sure. Yeah. Tell yeah. them that you're weightlifting or tell them that you're for sure. Dead. Oh, watch your back. Oh, that's exactly be careful with your knees. <laughs> when, like, the, how to, how to make sure that your back doesn't get injured. Train your back. Yeah. <laughs> Deadlift, pick something up from the floor. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's, it's getting better, man. Like I, it, it, it's frustrating, right? Like at times, but it is improving. And I think like, the development of just our understanding of it, like as what we know is getting better, the com collaboration, communication between physiotherapy strength coaches and, and the access to this information is, I'm very positive that it's getting better. Right. And I see younger people come through the door um, of my clinic that I'll see that actually get it. Like they grasp these concepts and that's a positive, positive thing. Yeah, the back pain is a big stigma thing. Do you, so do you guys have a hard time detaching sometimes? Like, for instance, you're at Sobeys getting groceries, you're coming out to the car and you see someone kind of reaching into their back seat, humped back, like perfectly rounded over, grabbing something. Maybe it's like, a, um, I don't know, a baby seat or something out of the back seat. And you just know full well, like... They're doing that day in, day out, even when they're picking up heavy loads and you just cringe. Like, do you have a hard time kind of getting that stuff out of your head on a daily basis? Well, well like for me, I'm like, all right, like, here's the thing. It's like, does that mean you're going to have back pain? No. Yeah. Does that person have back pain? Maybe, maybe yeah. not. Like, are they adapted to that? Have they been day in and day out lifting like that, like a suboptimal yeah. load to where they're building tolerance in that position to where they're they're adapted to that. They can round their back and pick up like their baby and be totally fine. True. You know? yeah. I guess it's like, just a bunch of Jefferson curls. Right. right. It's like, <laughs> it's like the adaptability, right. And it comes back to yeah. load management. It's like, 
oftentimes when you see people get injured, it's like they're probably creeping up on their low tolerance and that's when they have in injuries, right? Like if you probably had someone do a gradual, I mean, I don't know if like anyone's ever done this, but like a gradual progressive program of like rounded back deadlifts, like in a, in like safe loads, probably be okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it most optimal? Like if you're com like, who knows, like some will say maybe it is more optimal to round your back a little bit when you're lifting heavy loads, like especially like power lifters and stuff. But like, you know, is it more optimal to try to be in the best position possible? Sure. Like I'm not going to go to someone who's deadlifting at the gym and be like, and they're totally rounded over and be like, you should probably pull like that. You know, like I probably wouldn't do that. But again, I wouldn't demonize it completely at, at, at times, right? Like it's like depending on the level of the person, right? Are yeah. they new to this training? Then if they're new and they're working at like lower loads, like I'm not going to probably overemphasize it. I'll try to give them cues to be as good as possible, but I'm not going to be like, nope, no deadlift, back off, can't do it, you're around your back type thing, right? So yeah. it's like, it's a balance, man. It's it's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely hard to detach though, like maybe just from a different perspective, it's like, because everybody talks about this stuff, you know, and everybody's got their like opinions and beliefs and like, me don't know like how like kind of negative beliefs and stuff can influence people and so like you're talking with like your family people you don't want to tick off you know and like one of the biggest things if you look into like uh changing beliefs and you look into the research in that area basically it's really hard <laughs> so like yeah, yeah. and you risk really like turning someone against you yeah, so my cognitive like dissonance. Kind of have to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. Like you just don't say anything, and you're like hearing all these crazy, yeah, like, negative beliefs, and like, like people being like, oh, like, like an older person should never strength train or something. Right. And in your mind, you're like, actually, that probably reduce their chance of dying. By <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. kind of the whole goal. Yeah, yeah. very true. <laughs> you know? that's good so just to have a couple beers and then maybe blurt something like that out every once in a while yeah. <laughs> you gotta be careful yeah start lecturing your aunt yeah yeah and it comes back to meeting people where they're at like are they ready to hear that are you gonna yeah. blow up their beliefs right away probably not you know what i mean like slowly plant seeds over time is like yeah. probably your best bet with some of that stuff Dalton fashions himself as like a bit of a gardener on the side. You know? <laughs> Always plant seeds. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I, Chad and I kind of talk about in our podcast a little bit why we decided to go ahead with podcasting. And it kind of, for us, it was basically just we want to increase the amount of people that we could connect with. Um, we're, we're talking about like the connections between PTs and coaches and PTs and, and uh, MDs and stuff like that. And I mean, for us now we have a connection with PTs that we feel comfortable referring people to. Whereas if we didn't do this podcast, we probably, we might've crossed paths, but probably not. So it's like kind of, we're trying to bring um, the local community together. And then also, uh, we're not really that good at talking to people. <laughs> so in like, and, and like you said, it's like when you're coaching a class, you don't really have time to 
explain the ins and outs and the intricacies of why you're doing what you're doing. It's really quick. And then you got to go over there and just like you guys, you have, you know, patients coming in, you got an next patient on the next, you know, half hour, an hour, however you set up your appointment. So that was kind of our thing. Um, I was just wondering why you guys started your podcast. Like what you guys started the Instagram account first. Yeah. And then you went to the podcast. Like what started that whole journey for you guys? Um, yeah, so we started back when we were in our second year of physio school. Um, we started our Instagram page first. I think we started it, we started it out of like, we wanted something fun to do and a little bit of frustration. I think initially we started our Instagram page because we wanted to, um, put more like strength and conditioning exercise type stuff out because we weren't getting a lot of that in school. So we were kind of just putting out some cool stuff. We followed some other people on Instagram that we liked, um, and then it kind of stemmed into like a big connection opportunity with people. Right. So like that, we always listen to podcasts. So we're like, me and Will would sit down over coffee and rant about whatever. Right. And we're like, Hey, like, why don't we just have a podcast? Like one, it'd be cool. Like it's fun. It's a good opportunity to learn how to verbalize and talk and get better at that. And like, we can use it as an excuse to get, try and get some cool people to come on and talk to us. And like, we, we, we would play the student card often. We'd be like, oh, we're just students. Like, come on, <laughs> come talk to us. Um, and so then it kind of just developed into that. And we really enjoyed it. And people, like, seemed to like it and follow it. And it, it just kept being a good um, connecting opportunity for us that we're like, man, we got to keep doing this. Like, we're talking to people across, like, the U.S., some people in, like, U.K., like, Australia. Like, we're connecting with all these different people and having these conversations. We're like – this is great for us and hopefully people are taking value away from it. And it's just been, it's just continued to be that for us. Totally similar to you guys, you know, like, yeah. Just, yeah, sounds like I feel it. like that's the cool thing about podcasting is like, just allows you to connect with even beyond like the people you're actually meeting on the podcast, like because so many other people hear it, you know, uh, you can also talk to those people if they reach out. And it's like you're realizing like maybe some of these thoughts you're having are similar to other people or maybe other people can offer you like a different spin on things, you know? So from that perspective, it's like such a cool way to get to connect to people you otherwise may have not have an opportunity to, you know? Yeah. And you're like one connection away from like who knows what. Opportunity. Yeah, that's right. Like we're one connection away from having your own coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, who yeah. knows who you're going to meet or talk to or, you know, connect with that's going to yeah. allow you to not only like level up your own like learning and stuff, but maybe offer you a new whole opportunity that could impact your career, right? Yeah. Like you never know what's going to happen, yeah. which is the cool part. That's cool. Yeah. And it's so incredibly easy. You can do it on your phone yeah. now if you're yeah. going to. Yeah, it's so easy. Yeah. So I guess probably last question, what's, what's next for you guys in terms of practicing podcast it's the money question man everyone if you're <laughs> um go ahead well let them let them know what we got well i don't know i think i think a big thing is like we're gonna focus a lot on the podcasting side of things you know uh i think in the future uh like an idea for us would be to not only have our podcast which is like very like uh like, you know, more global, like, just a lot of physio students listen to it, a lot of, you know, physios from around wherever, like, we also kind of like to reach more local and stuff, so mm -hmm. 
Uh, maybe that's the direction that we'll kind of go. But yeah, we're always just thinking of the next ways that we can uh, help people stay strong. You know? Yeah, I don't think we really have anything like big coming up. Like, I think we really like the podcast medium, so we're gonna keep doing that. We've kind of stepped away from Instagram content. Like, we used to post a lot of videos and exercise videos and stuff. Kind of backed off that a little bit because it's like we're trying to figure out like what do we really want to get across like on our platform. Like, there's a lot of people that are putting out that kind of stuff and like not that we don't enjoy it and like to talk about it we're just kind of trying to think how can we make it like most beneficial for the people that are consuming our content and we're kind of still trying to figure that out and i think we're just we're just busy with like work and trying to you know you know whatever all that kind of stuff to like really focus exactly how we want to get that across so we're kind of just going to go with the podcast and continue you know having fun with that and see where life takes us man (laughs) yeah good and you got what, like almost ninety episodes? Yeah, right now. Yeah, we got over a hundred actually. Hundred and one. Wow, yeah. that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. It's it's crazy. It's been a, it's been it's fun, and it's fun to go back and like listen to your old <laughs> oh, podcast, man. man. So you guys do that, eh? We, I, we've like refused to I, so far. I did that the other day, like recently, and I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> but it's 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 what's cool is like it's always there, right? Like yeah, I'll go yeah. back and listen to some episodes with some cool like some people that we've had on, and I'll be like man, this is really good. Like there's a good piece of information here that like I go back and like reminds me of like something that I haven't thought about. So the cool thing is like, you can see your growth, like in your learning as well. Like I'll go back and be like, wow, I can't believe like I, I thought this way. And now I'm thinking a different way. Right. So it's a good reflective thing as well. So it's been fun. Cool. Yeah. It should be, it should be cringy. (laughs) (laughs) If it wasn't, that would, that would be near the same as you were. Right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. So can you guys uh, share your socials with everyone so they can check out your stuff? Socials, the podcast. Yeah. Um, if you guys want to check us out on social media, you can follow us at the MVMTPTs um, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we're most active on Instagram. Um, our podcast, if you search it on iTunes, um, it's the PT Coffee Cast. Uh, if you if you like it, if you ever listen to it, we'd really appreciate you to like subscribe to it, leave us a review. Um, you know, it just helps us kind of move up the charts, grow, reach more people. You guys should also go and subscribe and and like um, and leave a comment on what you, the fitness experiment. Yeah. yeah, check them out. Cool. Now we don't have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you want to like, yeah, Instagram is probably the best place to reach us. Hit us up on the DM on cool. Instagram. We'll throw that in the show notes too. So yeah, we will. Yeah, perfect for people yeah. to find. Cool. And thanks a lot for uh, zooming in, Will. Oh, anytime, guys. I, that was really fun. Uh, you have a lot of good questions. Uh, and it's cool to see like where your thought process is too. Uh I, I was. I wish I could be uh, in the flesh with you guys, so we could maybe crush a workout or something after. But I'll have to. I'll have to try to make it down. Uh, you know, maybe you guys should could show me a thing or two about uh, some Olympic lifts. <laughs> That'd be fun. It's a big training day. Hell yeah! <laughs> cool. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. We appreciate you joining us on your Sunday. We'll have to do it again sometime for sure. For sure. Thanks, guys. Cool. Cheers for sure. Yeah.